0: Yo, it's The Circuit. What's going on, everyone? We're Doing 2017 rap rankings today, and I'm just wrapping up an internal debate whether to call this the year of the rap music festival or the year of the fidget-spinning SoundCloud rapper. Not sure which one's more apt. The funny thing about the SoundCloud rapper thing of 2017 is just like backpack rappers in the 90s and internet rappers in the 2000s, SoundCloud rappers ended up actually changing the whole industry as a whole. So, um, hey, kudos to you, SoundCloud rappers. And there's plenty of them on our list here. I'm going to go one through eight, talking about the hottest rappers of this year. Social media-wise, music-wise, just the overall conversation. It's kind of a wonky list, but I'm really excited to get into it. So, one seed, Migos. Two seed, Future. Three seed, Lil Uzi Vert. 4 seed XXX Tentacion, 5 seed Lil Pump, 6 seed 6 9, 7 seed Playboy Cardi, and 8 seed Lil Peep. And I'll start there because Lil Peep is certainly emblematic of SoundCloud rap. In fact, he might be the Kurt Cobain of lo fi rap. His music is gloomy, it's diabolically melodic. And in September 2016, Lil Peep released Hellboy, big hits such as Girls, OMFG. We're all over SoundCloud. And I remember if, if you were browsing SoundCloud whenever they started dropping the charts and I think, 2016 or 2017, you would always see Lil Peep on the charts. And that was basically your means of music discovery was going on the SoundCloud charts. Lil Peep had constant hits on there. That was kind of the engine for him. April and May 2017, he went on his first solo tour across the United States, Peep Show. This kind of began this whole phase for Little Peep, where a lot of his Instagram videos were just him and his tour bus popping Xanax, which ultimately led to his death in November 2017. I think this is also the death of Xanax rap, in my opinion. Again, 2017 is the height of... It's not 56 Nights Future level of Xanax crazy, but like you have a lot of these young, impressionable SoundCloud rappers posting themselves taking pills which Lil Peep did before his death. Even others like Fat Nick, you know, doing the same thing. I just think you've seen a reversal out through the next couple years after this. Um, People wouldn't be taking drugs outright on social media. People wouldn't be as bombastic with it. And the thing about Lil Peep beyond just the lo-fi influences he's had is aesthetically you see a lot of him still to this day in 2020. You can hear Post Malone and Peep, but you can see Peep more in Post. And what I mean by that is there are pictures of Post and Peep in 2017 before he died. Post has no face tats. So Post Malone was clearly influenced aesthetically and musically by Lil Peep. I'd also say Juice WRLD Juice World SoundCloud run in, what, 27, a year after this reminds me of Lil Peep, just as far as the emotional intelligence and honesty of both the artists. But just as far as, like, if you were going on the charts at the time, those guys were both running it. So, like, Lil Peep in 2017 was super hot, also super tragic, and kind of, like, I think bookmarked, like, Xanax glorification, or at least slowed that down for a bit. And this is going up against... Like if Lil Peep is really sad, the Migos might have been the happiest group of 2017. Super, super hype year for them. And it all really set into motion December 2015 when Offset was released from prison and released first day out. Because when we talked about Migos in the 2013 podcast, we were really talking about Quavo and his Versace hook. Or we were really talking about Takeoff and his fight night hook. Like, I remember actually when I first started hearing Migos, Takeoff had the most distinct voice. It was super deep and gravelly. And it was the one that caught your ear. Offset wasn't a part of that first run. He was still in prison due to prior felony convictions for burglary and theft. And when he was released in late 2015... It was a bit of a change of pace for a group that might have lost some steam in 2014 and 2015 following Versace. Because Offset was like the most understated Migos. And I feel like that's why he's still maybe the most popular right now. Not as big on the ad-libs. Not like crazy punchlines. Not as repetitive. He's grounded but still has that Migos sound. And that obviously was showcased with his iconic verse on Bad and Bougie, which dropped October 2016. I remember this dropping on SoundCloud with the feature from Lil Uzi Vert it was not supposed to be a huge deal, but immediately Raindrops, Drop Tops, you know, in the next couple of months it became a huge meme all over Twitter and dominated memes and social media all leading to their album Culture being released January 2017. In this podcast, we like to talk about influence a lot. The word culture really kind of had like a renaissance when this album came out. Like that Miami Heat started talking about culture and um, Atlanta culture. And I I felt like they were kind of influential in that regard. They even had Donald Glover shouting them out, calling them the Beatles of this generation at some award show. This album only had 13 tracks. It was super polished. It was totally emblematic of what the Migos were sounding like at the time. And I feel like we have to just go with them because you had huge, you know, pop culture moments with them. You had viral moments with them. And obviously their sound at the time was still fresh and new. And as much as I think Little Peep helped put emo rap into the mainstream... Uh, Migos 2017, especially when you factor in this Quavo solo run, I'll get to in a moment. It's really tough to beat. I'm going one seed Migos over eight seed Lil Peep. So yeah, this is like NBA playoff brackets. We're gonna move on now to two seed Future versus seven seed Playboy Cardi. Uh, Playboy Cardi was the first rapper who I felt like was appropriately described as a mumble rapper. And this happened in 2017 when everyone's really started hammering the whole mumble rapper thing. His music was much less about lyricism and much more about atmosphere and the most cogent, cohesive body of work he has to this date is his self-titled debut Playboy Cardi, which came out April, 2017 two huge hits Magnolia and woke up like this Magnolia obviously was a whole huge pop culture moment as well. how many times do I want to say pop culture this podcast I don't know maybe take a shot every time I do but um, the whole yo Pierre come out thing come out here thing was a huge meme moment and also in the year of rap festivals it was a great festival opener when you heard that drop it elicited a huge reaction. Everyone started doing the Millie Rock. It was almost like a cultish thing. Um, I remember that kid, Roy Purdy, a YouTube personality with the crazy glasses. There's a video of him that went super viral of him doing the Millie Rock all around New York, listening to the song. Playboy Cardi at the time, 2017, uh, aligned with ASAP Mob. He was very cool. didn't really hear him do many interviews or anything like that where I feel like future at the two seed got himself in trouble by doing interviews. And what I mean by that is around this time he said, Oh, I don't do that many drugs. As I say, my lyrics, you know, there was some shit where he's like, Oh, I only drink like asparagus water. Now I don't, I don't drink codeine. Like there was like, there were jokes about that, but, there was an interview where he was like, yeah, I don't actually do as, as many drugs as I say I do. And I felt like that came off as a bit stale and corny. Um, despite that, I think this is the last great future year. in the year that ultimately saves future from being a DMX type rapper. Because 2015 future is, is one of the greatest years of all time. But by coming back in 2017 and in consecutive weeks dropping... Albums that went number one. I think that's what is some. That's the thing that's going to help him give a career to himself. Um, or we, we've already seen that you know, proof that he's continued to sell well. You really utilizing the same uh, formula. The one that really did it for him was off Future, which was the first to drop. Mask off was the big hit. It peaked at number five on the Billboard Hot 100. I'm just going to go seven seed Playboy Cardi with a huge upset on this one just because I felt like Future, despite the radio success, besides the fact that I loved, loved having a radio hit that went Molly Percocets, Molly Percocets, and having that edited out, like that really gave me a lot of joy. That was the most joy I've had in like a radio edit since like maybe like early 50 Cent. As much as I loved all of that. I think Playboy Cardi at the time was much more fresh and cool and a little bit mysterious. And his sound obviously became something that people started to replicate. All right. We'll move on. Three seed Lil Uzi Vert versus six seed 6-9. Holy shit. This is a tough matchup. So three seed Lil Uzi Vert in 2017 is basically the Tupac of our generation. Or at least that was the go-to joke of mine at the time. Because he had everybody in the streets and in the clubs yelling, all my friends are dead, push me to the edge, all my friends are dead. And these references to threats of suicide and depression and grief weren't something you heard in big mainstream songs. February 2017, Lil Uzi Vert, while on tour with The Weeknd, randomly drops his love is rage 1.5 tape one of the songs is just a lucy with super lo-fi super distorted you know sound quality it's called exo tour life and it immediately started picking up buzz on soundcloud i remember like a week later they, the song was added to streaming service and released as an official single and it they like did like a master version on it and everyone freaked out because they loved the lo-fi distorted version. This was 2017. 2017 is when everybody loved the lo-fi distorted bedroom style grainy rap. Something that would be recorded on a cell phone, which is what Exo tour Life sounded like. Uh, August, fast forward to August uh, 2017, Uzi drops "Love Is Rage" too, kind of a surprise release. I remember um, debuted number one on Billboard 200, 135,000 album units. This to me was a really polished Uzi album. Other than just the EXO tour life, you had you know the Pharrell feature, you had the weekend feature with Unphased and Neon Guts, um, some other you know uh, Pretty Mama, uh, Sauce It Up, a lot of big hits. Um, I don't know if it's anything wildly influential like EXO tour life because it's mainly a bit of a retread from 2016 Uzi. But, um, again, just the fact that he had people yelling, push me to the edge. All my friends are dead. Um, doesn't seem like a big deal now because of juice world and Ian Dior and 24 K golden and all these rappers now. But, um, that was at the time. Now, this is going up against 6-seed, 6-9. The thing about 6-9 in 2017 is there was an air of mystery still around him. On a Brooklyn stoop for his Gummo video shoot, which peaked at number 12 on the Hot 100, Takashi 6-9 aimed his figures like a Beretta at the camera among a mob scene of nine tray bloods. These Bloods waved red flags and shouted the lyrics to his song, Gummo. Basically, you had, you know, 6ix9ine's insatiable thirst to align himself as a New York gang member. And as the viewer, you weren't sure what to believe in. Um, you know, the gang imagery certified his status as hip har- hip-hop's armed and dangerous, uh... But the thing was, you know, he was known for his flamboyant visuals and having the 6 9 on his face and having the rainbow hair. But because he had this gang imagery behind him, there it threw people off so much that it made you want to listen to more. And so he had Gummo and Kuda, which were both big hits this year. And again, this is really before the curtain was peeled back the way it is now. But... I feel like, you know, he uh, was ahead of the curve on the Screamo rap along with XXXTentacion because he did have this kind of masochistic Eastern European influence before he got into the gangster rap. So 2017-69 with the red flags and the gang members, that was certainly something he knew would make him go viral because he had gone viral and had been a commercial success in Europe. This is something I guess maybe a lot of people don't know. But yeah, he was fully blown up in like Yugoslavia and um, Russia and Ukraine and all these places. And then his big American debut was Gummo. And, you know, it was him and his team kind of successfully cultivating... um, this Eastern European fan base and then having a concerted effort to urbanize his image um, with a North American fan base uh, because he did grow up and, um, in Brooklyn. And I remember I, I talked to somebody in 6 ix camp at the time and he, he acknowledged to me 6 9 wanted to switch his style up. He wanted the hood to fuck with him. He had overseas, but he was wondering why America wasn't fucking with him. He figured the gangster shit, you know. Um, and I I even have sources who told me there was talks about doing an all-crip version of Gummo. Like he would have went either ways with it and Nine Trey Bloods was just – how he met Seiko Billy. He met certain people that led him in that route. And I feel like that jarring visual of a face tatted, rainbow haired, colored Hispanic man liberally using the N word among a sea of red flag clutching gang members is so emblematic of 2017 SoundCloud rap and 2017 viral success that, as much as it pains me to say this, I have to go six, six, nine over three Lil Uzi Vert just because, fuck, man, this is 2017. This is just a weird ass year. All right. Now we're going to move on. Four seed XXX Tentacion versus five seed Lil Pump. XXX Tentacion, of course, being the for, at the forefront of the lo fi bedroom airplane style of music, while also being at the forefront of the aggressive screamo, heavy distortion rap that we kind of just touched upon with 6'9. The thing, the difference between 6ix9ine and X was like 6ix9ine was a New Yorker who was really angry and pissed off and almost sounded like Onyx or one of those old New York rappers where XXXTentacion sounded more like, um, you know, Hawthorne on Heights or Lamb of God or one of these Screamo rock bands. And the second verse of his breakout hit, Look At Me, in 2017 was was really the height of just screaming your guts out during a rapper's. And this song peaked at number 34 on the US Hot 100, and it of course helped him gain more popularity when fucking Drake bucked his flow on KMT. Uh, the controversy at the time, of course, was XXS was locked up in jail. He had the super viral mugshot of him. He had like one half of his hair was blonde, one half was black. He had like a crazy tattoo on his neck. He looked like somebody, like an anime character. He looked like somebody you'd draw or something like that. And he got out of jail. And I remember somebody, I'm from... Broward County, Florida, and I tuned in to 99 Jams, our radio station here. And Tentacion did his first interview, and I remember one of the first things he said was, fuck Drake. He said, fuck Drake, because he, I was in jail. He stole my flow. Look At Me was getting huge, huge amounts of run this year, even at like EDM festivals, because it was getting such a big reaction. It was the ultimate mosh pit song. And like I said, this is the year of the festival, the rap festival. So Look At Me is the greatest rap festival song of all time. It's the open the pit, let's jump when the beat hits song of all time. So there's so much to talk about with this XXXTentacion year. He also went on tour, was constantly in the headlines. He got knocked out punched knocked out on stage look it up if you haven't seen it he punched an audience member on the stage somebody got stabbed at a show I mean he was pretty early on like yo every show is gonna be like I'm gonna spit on somebody I'm gonna punch somebody uh, there's gonna be a shoot like he was there's drama day-to-day basis blogs love covering early XXx tentacion in 2017. But the blogs also love covering 5C Lil Pump. Pump was the head of the South Florida Underground Rap. He was the really ignorant style of SoundCloud rapper. But like self-aware with it, you know, because this was like when the whole fuck J. Cole movement was huge. It's like we know this is ignorant. We know we're stupid. So like we're just going to laugh in the face of intelligence and conscious rap. Pump was the perfect blend of a rapper and a YouTube prankster. There were viral videos of him sparking backwoods in like Walmart and telling employees to fuck off. And it was just perfectly paired with hits like D Rose and boss boss or D Rose rather, of course, got the lyrical lemonade treatment. This is, you know, also the, the year of fucking Cole Bennett and him kind of starting to take over. Um, And it was simple music being good music that year. Nursery rhyme style rap. It's Chief Keef, Gucci Man, kind of stream of... Little Be the Bass God, stream of consciousness style rap. If a three or four year old can sing it, you know, a little kid can sing it. That's what Little Pump was aiming for. He had the huge hit, Gucci Gang. And that's why I have Pump at five seed, by the way. Because you're probably thinking like, how the hell is... Cardi, not ahead of pump, but like pump Gucci gang went to number three on the billboard hot 100. I remember like he was on Ellen or some shit. The video of him, like smoking a blunt at the school with like a Seven Eleven club cup that had lean on it. Like he was huge. Every snippet he dropped got millions of views on Instagram. He was searing hot. He was only 16 years old. He was loud. He was hyper. He was catchy. He also was, you know, with peep on the whole Xanax rap thing. I remember like one huge video was he finally got a million Instagram followers and he got a cake that looked like a Xanax and ate it. This was typical pump. He was doing ridiculous YouTube numbers at the time, even bigger than six, nine, like would dream of at the time. Um, So that's why I have him here. I'm going with XXX at the four seed, though. And I'll get into why more. Just way more versatile, obviously, even in 2017. All right. So four seed XXX Tentacion versus one seed Migos. Now, I'll get into the argument with Migos here. Quavo, under his solo rap moniker, killed it. He was on DJ Khaled's I'm the One. He was on Congratulations with Post Malone. That's the argument. That
1: the whole sound,
0: Offset, Puevo, they were just totally everywhere that year. I just have to say with XXS Tentacion, when he dropped his album 17, I felt like that was a turning point in the industry. I'd never heard a rapper just get on a full acoustic album. Um, It took things Kid Cudi and Kanye had started and took it as far as we could have imagined. Um, I remember when 17 dropped August 25th, 2017, Kendrick Lamar immediately tweeted out, if you feel anything, uh, if you feel have any feelings, listen to this album. He got huge cosigns. he had a big week, 86,000 the first week, which was a far cry, far cry from like Pump, I remember Pump did like 30,000 first week and it was like, oh fuck, well SoundCloud rap doesn't translate. XXX Tentacion translated. And he he deservedly got the critical acclaim. I mean, some people held back because of all of the personal issues, the legal issues, the abuse allegations, or just rather the abuse situations. Um, but he definitely helped roll out a sound that led the way for Juice World, for Little Skies, for many different rappers to do different styles of sounds from screaming to you know acoustic styles of rap also the thing about XXX Thentals, I know the the arguments can be tough here because culture was such a huge year or like had such a, a big impact but so did fucking 17 7 songs off 17 Jocelyn and Flores Revenge Fuck love featuring Trippy Red. Everyone dies in their nightmares. Depression and obsession. Save me and carry on. All were in that uh, Billboard Hot 100. This was early, like if your album's streaming so well, you're just gonna have like a bunch of songs debut. And I remember XXX because his songs were only like a minute and a half to two minutes long. They were so streamable, and I have to give him so much credit because i don't know if it was a sonic thing like he thought oh we we digest music better in snippets which is very valid and true or if he thought this is going to boost streaming but he was a genius because he was one of the first people to have songs that were a minute to 2 minutes and that's why a lot of these songs charted it was you know the high you know the high point of i think of his career and he was The face of really the unknown streaming giant. You know, the guy who definitely didn't have streaming farms behind him uh, doing big numbers. I'm going with the upset. I'm going XXS Tentacion. So got me. Look at me. Fuck at me. Over one seed Migos. Okay. Wow. We got a lot of like upsets going here. So now we have have six seed, six, nine versus seven seed Playboy Cardi. Wow. I really have no idea how this podcast is going to finish. I'm just going to go ahead with it and say, and I'm going to get a huge heat for this, but I'm going to go with 6-seed, six 6-9 six over 7-seed Playboy Cardi without much of an explanation. I think Playboy Cardi definitely had a flow that was influential. I remember Drake, you know, bucked his flow as well. The thing about six nine I just think as far as when you're talking about previewing music and having an aesthetic that's eye grabbing and constantly being in the headlines like all the things that made 2017 what it was and kind of cringy and trashy that's what made six69 who he was that year and honestly I really want this final matchup of six seeds six nine, Versus four seed XXX Tentacion because I think this is like the greatest matchup of social media SoundCloud rap being its weirdest of all time. I mean, this is when face tat rap was at its peak. It's 2020 now. I don't think face tats are as big as they are here, but um, fuck, let's get into it. All right, other things to supplement. XXX Tentacion at the four seed also had a big feature on Kodak Black's "Rollin' Peace." That was more of a like a straight up rap verse. Um, while six nine, he he really just had his two hits at the time. He had Gummo, he had Kuda Kiki had came out with a boogie and Fetty Wop. music videos straight in the hood, you know. 100, 200 deep, ganged out, mobbed out, ops out. (laughs) Um, I could go on and on about 6ix9ine, his ability to preview a song on the internet, have people excited to click the YouTube link, drive the YouTube videos up, you know, views-wise. I got to go with XXX to win this year just because... You had everyone from Kendrick Lamar to Travis Barker shouting him out. And when you think about Post Malone, you think about Juice WRLD, and you think about alternative commercial rap blending in with gangster rap and rock and roll, all these different amalgamations of music coming together, that's what what XXXTentacion was. It was unexplainable, just like his name. I'm going to go with 2017 rap rankings number one artist of the year being xxx tentacion go to the instagram guys cooler times 2000 let me know where i went wrong talk to you later